Welcome to the anointed and transformational teaching ministry of Pastor Walea Kinshiku, Senior Pastor of House of Praise Mississauga, Canada, a parish of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. It is our prayer that as you listen to this message, that you will be empowered to achieve your dreams and fulfill your destiny. God bless you as you listen. Today we're looking at the supernatural is real and the specific subtitle today is the miracle of deliverance. The miracle of deliverance. This is one topic that has been, uh, you know, there's a lot of controversy around this topic. There are extremes to this topic. There are some people that they see deliverance in every single thing. Even if you buy a new car right from the factory, they still have to deliver the car, you know, and all of that. There's deliverance in every single thing. And there's some people that are completely in denial of the realm of the spirit in terms of the, the powers of darkness in the realm of the spirit. They're in complete denial. They say, oh, no, no, there's nothing like that. There's nothing like that. But this is not scriptural. We have to find the balance in between the two not to be obsessed with demons but also not to be in denial of the reality of demons jesus believed in the reality of demons he spoke about that okay he cast them out he spoke about that you know he confronted the devil when the devil came to tempt him he be- jesus christ believed in the personality personality not an idea not ideology but personality called the devil so it's a personality is a being jesus believed in that the scripture teaches that all right so what is deliverance let's get into that quickly and we're going to move very very fast what is deliverance uh number one deliverance is the release from negative patterns and destructive habits patterns in families and destructive habits we have a family here in the house of praise uh, of, a, of a young man that is one of six boys and of all the six boys that are married not one of them had a, had a child. Oh, that's a pattern. Until Jesus Christ delivered him in this ministry. And now, praise God. He's, he's carrying his children around. Hallelujah. Praise God. He stood on the altar in our previous church and shared his testimony. Praise God. So the release from negative patterns and destructive habits. Some people are caught in the habit of pornography. Some are caught in the habit of masturbation. Some are caught in the habit of different things. You know, so, but deliverance means we get delivered from that. Number two, it means to set, to set free, to be set free from captivity. Jesus spoke in Luke chapter 4 verse 18. He said that God, has, the Holy Spirit has anointed him, okay, to set the captives free to set the captives free okay to release those who are bound okay to set them free to release those who are in prisons which basically means there are people that are imprisoned but they're not in prison they're imprisoned but they're not in a physical prison okay so when you look at them they're not in a physical prison but their destiny has been imprisoned okay okay number three is to have complete victory over the enemy and i like this number three because it basically means that in spite of the enemy you still reign the bible says the lord said to my lord sit at my right hand until i make your enemies your footstool until i make your enemies your footstool for the role of the strength shall go forth out of zion rule in the midst of your enemies not in the absence of enemies but while they are there this is psalm 110 you know rule in the midst of your enemies he prepares the table before you in the presence of your enemies. However, 
you before you can partake of the table prepared before you in the presence of your enemy your head must have been anointed with oil okay your head must have been anointed with oil. we can have complete victory and somebody here is walking in complete victory okay so we want to talk about when we're delivered i want to speak about bondage specifically today so what is bondage what is bondage i want to speak to bondage because we're going to be delivered from every bondage in jesus name and the natural thing to say when you when you talk about this in church is for the average christian to quickly say oh i'm not in bondage which is what they said to jesus they said oh we are not blind jesus said all right since you say you see then you're blind you know somebody said, oh i'm not in bondage so we just let's just take a quick look at this bondage is an unpleasant situation that you are powerless to change yourself an unpleasant situation you on your own in your own power you are powerless to change bondage is anything that makes your life miserable and hopeless okay anything that makes your life miserable and hopeless in exodus chapter 1 verse 14 the bible says that the taskmasters of pharaoh they made their lives bitter one translation says make their life miserable anything that makes your life bitter you're miserable you're having regrets and all of that there, that situation is lending to bondage okay an unpleasant situation so when you feel a sense of hopelessness about a particular area of your life that it say it looks like you can't change it that's bondage okay because Christ in us is the hope of glory that's bondage so but let's look at this very quickly so who is responsible then for the bondage who is bringing about this bondage it's important we know that and the person bringing about this bondage is the devil and his demons the devil and his demons quickly at this point please note that the who is responsible it's not a physical human being okay a physical human being might be a channel of demonic power and demonic purposes but they are not the source of it okay just like i for example now and many other great men and women of god around the world okay they are vessels of honor unto god the channels of the power of the holy spirit and the purposes of god on earth but none of us is a source it is exactly the same thing so to deal with what if i'm not here today now service will go on there are other people that god will use it's exactly the same principle with the devil so to think that oh it's my mother-in-law my stepmom oh some my aunt my this if they are not there guaranteed satan will find there are too many people that satan will find to use the demon will jump into somebody else and use somebody else that is why we need to deal with the source when they told elijah sorry elisha that jericho was a pleasant city the water was good but the, but the water is bad and the land is barren he went to the source he went to the source we gotta to go to the source so the source of this problem is the devil that's what the bible teaches the bible says in first peter 5 8 be sober be vigilant your adversary adversary there means opponent enemy your enemy and it tells us who the enemy is says the devil he's walking about like a roaring lion looking for whom to put in bondage looking for whom to devour but he will not devour you in jesus name very quickly then how does the enemy gain access and put people in bondage if you've not been listening before please listen very carefully here how does the enemy put people in bondage because one of the things that you, you know that is you know 
and I've told you this several times, one of the ways where people you know, make a big mistake in the body of Christ is, is when you hear something that is true but not complete. And sometimes people say, well, once you give your life to Christ and you're a Christian, you know, that's it. You're already free for him. Who the Son of God says free is free indeed. That is true but not complete. And the incomplete truth is, is, is going to do damage to people. The devil still, there are many Christians experience has shown us this. I've done this a little, for a little, for a, while, a, few, a few days, to a, bit, a little bit over 21 years. And we've seen Christians, spirit filled, still in bondage. So why? How did the enemy gain access? The first way the enemy gains access is through covenants. Covenants. This is very important. Covenants. Covenants are one of the principal ways, principal ways that the enemy gains access into the lives of many, many people because a covenant gives a legal right to a spirit entity to come into a place at every time. Okay? For example, in my house, sometimes maybe, you know, I, I'm speaking to one or two people and, I, you know, and we have a conversation and I say, you know what, and, I, and I tell them maybe, you know, I agree with them that they will be coming to my house and I've not spoken to my wife about it. Maybe I've forgotten or, you know, it just happened immediately and they knock on my door and, you know, my wife says, oh, I say, oh yeah, 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 I was expecting so and so and the people show up. They have a right to come to that house because I have invited them. The same thing also happens to my wife. My wife sometimes might have forgotten to tell me. And they have a right to be in that house. Okay? They have a right to be in that house because both of us have a covenant. A covenant happens, somebody might have, you know, given a legal right to a spirit entity at a particular time in your life. Uh, you know, at a particular time in your family, somebody had made that decision, signed that contract. And right now then, there are, there are dimensions of obligations that need to be paid that are not being paid. Let's look at scripture quickly. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1, okay, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says, a certain woman of the wives of the sons, note this now, of the prophet, which basically means this is the covenant person, Okay. Sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha and see what he said. He said, My husband is dead. The one that made the deal is dead. However, the creditors are alive. Husband is dead. The person that signed is dead. But the creditors have not forgotten. The, the debts of the husband did not cancel the debt that is required. So he said, the husband is dead, but the creditors are coming. And they're coming now to take the two sons. The sons did not sign the contract. Perhaps this contract, this was even done before the sons were born. It does not matter. Levi paid tithe while he was in Abraham. Abraham met a priest. Thank God he was the, the right priest he met, Melchizedek. And the Bible says Levi was in him. This is in the book of Hebrews, chapter 7. Levi was in him paying tithe. So imagine what who is your own abraham and what kind of priest did they meet okay he said the creator now 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 the interesting thing is that when this woman told elisha this elisha should could have easily said creditor is coming no 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 they can't come just bring the two sons let them stay here elisha did not say that because listen carefully 
you cannot cast out a covenant you don't cast out covenants as a matter of fact when demons have that kind of legal right you can cast them out the justice of god permits them to be there because it was a transaction so what did he do elisha performed a miracle and elisha said to the woman this is very important he said go and pay your debts that debt must be paid that debt must be paid if it's a covenant that debt must be paid there are people whose forefathers have spent listen i've got to be very clear with you and honest with you there are people whose forefathers have spent all their money they are just right now in poverty they are paying back the money they are working but they don't have anything to show for it because somebody spent all the money in advance i've seen things from my own from my experience somebody look at these people the sons were going to come the creditors sorry was going to come and take these two sons and the sons will be working and working and everything they're working for is paying the debt of the father their father enjoyed the money and it's gone they are now working to repay the debt how many people today when they are working and working they're hard working they're smart and they're working and they've lived in this country for some time and they can't point to things that are happening in their lives the result in their hand is not commensurate with the effort in their life because they're paying a debt they're paying a debt i remember the story of one of my cousins he was in london england you know and you know he was going to he was, he was doing well things were going on well suddenly at one point in time wind just came in london england one strange wind just came and um this is my cousin my first cousin you know his dad was asking him for some money and you no know, it's a long story but the part of his i wanted to share is that wind just came in london and took off his roof now for, for most many of the houses in london and the house he was living in those days they're called terrace houses just like we call townhouses the roofs are usually continuous in his own particular apartment wind came in some particular terrace house and poof, the roof kamakusha alinde keruazia water started pouring in he had to go and take eleven thousand. this was long ago so eleven thousand pounds which basically means all the money in the world when i heard that at that time i said this is all the money in the whole world he took eleven thousand pounds to repair the roof so when his father biological father was dying of sickness he could not send a pound i was the one that took the father to the hospital as a young adult because something has been put in place against this is my first cousin okay a debt has to be paid what brings about bondage how the enemy gains gain access disobedience disobedience friends let us not joke with sin let's not play around and mess about with sin this is very <laughs> this is very 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 important today we hear all manners of unbalanced teachings that tell us uh, you know we hear things that tell us that oh you know christ has uh, forgiven us all of our sins past present and even all the future sins you will commit and that as a result of that you know people just go out and say all right if that's the case then i might as well make sure that the blood of jesus is worth it and they keep on committing sin please you got to understand this look at what the bible says what then 
What then? Do you know, this is the apostle of grace speaking to us now, Paul. Shall we sin because we are not under the law and we are under grace? So people say today that we are under grace. I'm under grace. But the Paul, the apostle says, shall we sin because we are not under the law but we are under grace? Then he now says something very important. He says, certainly not. So why now? Why, Paul, if we are under grace? After all, if I confess my sin, God is just and faithful to forgive me my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So why can't I just go ahead and sin since God's forgiveness will never run out? Paul tells us the reason in verse 16, and this is very important. I particularly for everybody that's listening to this now, he says, do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that person's slave? So if we commit sin, okay what we're doing is that we are obeying our sensual fleshy carnal impulses and when we do you know particularly in the practice of sin it says we become a slave and when you become a slave of a master okay of which satan is the one in the in that area okay sin what happens that you become a slave the master has a right to decide the future of the slave Paul is writing to the Christians in Rome. This is Romans, and he's telling them they can become slaves to it. So it's important that we don't sow the seed of disobedience. The, in the Bible, the particular epistle that really, really expands on the gospel of grace, which I believe in, is important. The part of the Bible that really, the, the part of the Bible that really is the book of Galatians. Okay that tells us that we have freedom we have liberty in christ and all of that but that's the book of galatians after paul has expounded on grace in chapter 6 it now says do not be deceived god is not mocked one translation says you cannot mock the justice of god so whatever a man sows so shall he reap verse 8 of galatians chapter 6 says he that sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption so we got to be very very careful don't let anybody deceive you Satan, if you are doing that, say, if you are in, living in sin, Satan is, you know, listen, for the things you think you are enjoying, the transient pleasures of sin, it is because Satan is denying you of the eternal pleasures of destiny. Okay? All right. How does, and then let me get access to, I put people in bondage. Number three, ignorance. So we have covenants, we have disobedience, then ignorance. Personally, for me, in my experience, okay, in the little few days I've been pastoring, I, this is what I feel is, in terms of percentage, is the most significant among many Christians. Okay? The Bible says, my people are in captivity because they have no knowledge. Many people today don't understand that you are only as free as what you know. You can never be free beyond what you know. So, the whole idea of people going to prayer meetings without going to Bible studies, listen carefully, is a deception of the enemy. You can never pray effectively beyond what you know. Never. He said, You shall know the truth, not you shall only pray aloud. You shall know the truth. And the truth that you know is what will make you free. Everything God will give us, okay, through Christ, has been packaged in knowledge. First Peter chapter 1, verse 6. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 6. It says that he has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. 
through the knowledge of him. So anything that hides or takes away your time of reading the scripture is taking away your future. I, I was listening to Topsy and somebody say, oh, well, I'm coming to church for the first time. I don't know who, who's Topsy. Well, the lady that came up here and facilitated our offering, you know, that's what, if you're looking for her, maybe just coming to church right now, you don't know her. Just look for the person wearing Zima Shore, be as me. <laughs> You, uh, she, she, she just stops it. So that's the woman I've been living with for about 26 years now. Praise God. You see, you see, you see I was saying that, saying that people should go back and listen, you know, and hear the messages. This is very important. You know, people go through challenges, 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 and you try and expose them to knowledge. And they shrink back because they're just waiting for somebody to wave their hand and the issue will be solved. You had the testimony of one of our daughters in the house, precious, you know, daughter in the house. This lady, you know, had this particular challenge, bleeding, and you know, the doctors told her, and there's nothing wrong with doctors. Doctors are great people. Without them, 90% of the world will be dead. You know, thank God for doctors. Anyway, doctors told her that her womb was trash. That's what they told her. I happened to be part of that story at that time her womb was trash like she said in her testimony when she went to see Topsy, apart from prayer Topsy gave her books thank god for this girl very diligent girl she took the books read 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 gained knowledge gained knowledge built up her inner man the baby was not carried by the womb they said was trash the baby was carried by the womb of the inner man that was fresh We've got to understand that. We've got to understand this. So knowledge is very critical. Our light affliction is but for a moment. Therefore, we do not lose out. For our light affliction is for the moment. Okay? So why would we not look at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen? For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. But it tells us in the middle of it, it tells us that our inner man, our outward man might be perishing. The womb of the outward man, the flesh, might be like trash, but our inward man is being renewed. Guess what? Day by day. Please, friends, that Bible is not for decoration. That Bible app on your phone is not for you to just leave it there. Don't let it just occupy space. Read it. Praise God. Turn to somebody, just turn to somebody and say, read it. That's right. Read it. Read it. In the New Testament, Ephesians 4, verse 18 says, Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. Why? Why would Christians, Ephesians, why would Christians be alienated, separated from the life of God? Because of the ignorance that is in them. Because of ignorance. All right, very quickly then. Bondage is in levels. Okay? Actually, there are four of them. But because of time, I'm going to keep it to three. Bondage is in levels. The first one I want to share with you, okay? Disruption, harassment, oppression. So let's quickly look at disruption, shall we? Disruption is the constant interference in the state of affairs. Disruption is interrupting a process that should have produced a positive outcome, okay? A process that you've been working on and it ought to produce a positive outcome. Okay, you know it ought to produce it. You've gone for the interview, second interview, third interview. They've been already been calling your references. The next thing should be a positive outcome, but it's disrupted. 
Romans chapter 1 verse 13 first Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 18 all in the New Testament okay spoken by Paul apostle himself let's look at the first one it says I do not want you to be unaware brethren that I often planned and pl I planned okay to come to you but I was hindered until now Paul was saying hindered until now Paul what is hindering you well Paul tells us in first Thessalonians 2 verse 18 what is hindering him he said therefore we wanted to come to you but even I Paul time and again but Satan Satanus hindered us Satan hindered there are some things you want to do some people want to buy a house some people want to buy this some want to start a business some want to travel some want to do this but they have been hindered but today in the name that's above every name all such hindrances today they will come to an end in Jesus name whatever disruption is going on in your life in the name that is above every name today that disruption ends in Jesus name it's important we know that the enemy can interrupt or disrupt what is going on among Christians okay look at this now oh I love this story Acts chapter 13 they were worshiping God in the church and the Holy Spirit spoke and said separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them separate unto me I've called them to a work God is the one that called them and the Bible says something in Acts 13 I believe it's verse 4 or 5 it says being sent out by the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit called Holy Spirit sent can you imagine when the Holy Spirit calls and Holy Spirit sent you assume automatically that you're going to succeed but the first place they went to the Bible calls base Paphos and the Bible says that there was a man there an intelligent man Sergio Palos and the man wanted to listen in other words there was an open door he said Paul Balamas come and do your presentation but the Bible says Elimas the sorcerer interfered I wonder what sorcerer is interfering with your destiny who is putting sorcery in place to interfere with your marriage to interfere with your family to interfere with your health to interfere with your finances which sorcery is working against your future interfered and the governor paid no attention every single girl should understand this somebody sees you looks at you and looks at you and looks at you and looks at you and looks and the guy is looking at you almost drooping which means he's paying attention and the guy is like he's lost he's like oh my god he looks at you and you take a walk perhaps you just stood up you're going to the washroom and the guy looks at you looks at you and you know you look, you see the guy too you know you know when somebody's looking at you you know somebody's looking at you even when you're not looking at them come on now the all all of this um mature adults they don't know anymore the young adults know that when somebody's looking at you you know you even when people just looking at you behind you you just know you feel it you feel it you sense it you take a look your eyes you know meet and you you, you you speak with your eyes that's something you know what is happening in this holy trinity church today <laughs> you know you speak with the eyes to say that yeah you know we can talk at least we can talk and you are expecting that the guy is going to talk to you maybe if you've one or two of your friends even said you know that guy came to me he was asking about you that guy came to me was asking about you but all of a sudden the guy is no longer paying attention he's no longer paying attention because sorcery is working sorcery is working say the governor now they didn't pay attention the sorcery is working sorcery, how can somebody be hot on you today and in a week's time 
the completely freezer cold. Sorcery is at work. Let's move on quickly because of our time. Harassment. The harassment means to be treated badly. It means to be afflicted with misery. It means to inflict a wound or injury on somebody. To inflict a wound or injury. Numbers 35, 55 and Acts chapter 12 verse 1. Okay? To, be, to, to, to mistreat somebody badly. Some of us are being mistreated badly. Listen carefully. There are people that are in marriages that are being mistreated. Their, their focus is just on my spouse. My spouse is mistreating me. And there is a place for that which we're going to look into next month when we talk about relationships next month by God's grace. There is a place for understanding the principles that govern relationship. But there's also a place to understand that marriage represents the relationship between Christ and his church. And there is one place the enemy wants to make sure you are not happy. You're being mistreated, afflicted with misery. Okay, you just feel depressed. You feel, you know, you don't, you don't feel up to your game. You're just feeling miserable and all of that. And you're attracting other miserable people because misery loves company. Check your friends and check who you are attracting. Are there the people sent, being sent to you by the devil or the people being sent to you by God? For the Bible says in John chapter 1 verse 6, God sent a man. His name was John. What did the man do to Jesus? He prepared the way. Okay? If the, are they preparing the way for your future or are they dragging you back to your past? Harassment. Inflicting wound or injury. Emotional pain. There are people that just cause you pain. You have to understand that this is demonic. This is an attack of the devil. Okay? In Numbers 35, 55, God told the children of Israel that when you step into the promised land, if you don't drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, it says that there shall be that those that remain, there will be irritants in your eyes and tongues in your side. They will harass you. So some people, you know, sometimes they say, I'm just irritated. These people are just irritating me. These people are just irritating me. That one is just irritating me. That irritation is not as a result of chemical imbalance. It could be demonic. It says there will, there will be irritants. If you don't drive out the demonic forces, there will be irritants. Somebody's been married for this number of years. Suddenly your wife is irritating you. Suddenly your children are irritating you. You can't stand them. I can't stand these people. I can't stand these people. I can't stand these people. Or you're walking in a place, all of a sudden, the same boss that told you well done yesterday, following two, three weeks, four months, they, they, they're not, you're not irritating that boss. There's a problem. But Satan is a liar. Acts chapter 12, verse 1 says, Now about that same time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Did you see that? From the church. Harassing people in the church. The word harass here means to vex, to make the life of the person difficult. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. Quickly, let's jump because of our time to oppression. What is oppression? To experience constant disappointment, to feel crushed and hopeless, to be plagued with doubts about your future. That's what oppression is, at least in a nutshell. When you find Christians that are in doubt about the future, even when you're encouraging them, uh, don't worry, it's going to be fine, you know, the future, this is what the Word of God says, 
they can't take it anymore. The Bible says Moses spoke to the children of Israel in Exodus chapter 6. He says, but they did not even believe Moses anymore for the weight of the oppression on their spirit. They could not believe anymore. They could not even believe. When people, when you feel hopeless about any situation, friends, oppression is going on there. When you're having doubt about your future, when the Bible says you have a wonderful future with a happy ending, Psalm 37 verse 37, the living Bible. When you keep on expressing constant disappointments, constant disappointments, it's, it, it's because there's oppression. Exodus 3 verse 7 to 9 tells us, talks about the oppression. God Almighty himself said, I have seen the oppression of my people. And God said, I know their sorrows. And of course, in Luke chapter 4 verse 18, Jesus also said the same thing. You know, he said he's come to deliver the oppressed. All right? He said, he said, I've come to deliver. God said, I've come to deliver them in verse 8 of Exodus chapter 3. He said, I've come to deliver them now. All right? So anyway, moving forward quickly, we have to note that Jesus came to deliver us from our pain and our sorrows. Please listen carefully. Jesus Christ did not come just to save us and get us to heaven. That is very important. That is a very important part of his mission. According to Mark chapter 1 verse 1, that is what is called the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 1 verse 1, Romans chapter 1 verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power unto God, listen carefully, unto salvation. That, incidentally, is the only gospel some people know. Salvation. Salvation. But there's another gospel which Jesus Christ himself preached. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. Matthew chapter 9, verse 25. Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. Okay? Just to give you three of them, three scriptures. It's called the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. This, and God, Jesus Christ said, this gospel of the kingdom is what we preach as we're moving towards the end of the age. The gospel of salvation brings us in because it's the door. The gospel of the kingdom makes us reign. Gospel of salvation brings us in. We're saved. We love Jesus, but the gospel of the kingdom makes us reign, gives us dominion capacity. So in here, you reign over sickness, you reign over poverty, you reign over devils, you reign over adverse circumstances. And I'm looking at people today that will reign in Jesus' name. Somebody is out there watching online, you will reign in Jesus' name. If you believe you will reign, let your amen show you want to reign. This is what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. It says, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 4, Galatians chapter 1, verse 4. Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us, not when we get to heaven, but from this present evil age. He came to save us. Thank God for that, but also to put things in place to deliver us from this present evil age. Present evil age. It's the will of the Father for us. So then, quick, quick question, Christians. How do I activate the fact of my deliverance? Because our deliverance is a fact as New Testament Christians. Colossians 1, verse 13. 
He has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his son of his love. In him we have redemption, verse 14, through his blood. Okay? So it's a fact. You can either choose to believe it or you choose not to believe it. But it's a fact. It doesn't change that. I'm delivered. Come on, come on. Somebody say, I'm delivered. Oh, say it again. I'm delivered. One more time, shout it out. I'm delivered. That's the fact in the New Testament. But now we are delivered. Remember, as I've been teaching on Fridays, it is a reality in the realm of the spirit, but we want to make it a reality in the realm of the physical, okay? In the realm of the natural. So how do I activate it? Listen quickly, number one. Please, you have to know that the Lord Jesus Christ has paid the price for your deliverance, okay? Through his death on the cross. Now, I didn't say you have to read it only you have to know it the word know here is not talking about head knowledge the word know here is talking about intimate experiential knowledge you must know it in your heart okay first corinthians 6 20 you have been bought with the price glorify god in your body and your spirit which are gods first corinthians 7 23 it tells us it says you are bought with the price do not become slaves of men acts 28 verse 20 is okay 28, 20, sorry, 20 verse 28. I commend you unto God, which, you know, he says, he said, take, sorry, take it to yourself and to the flock. Okay? He said, which Christ, which God bought, purchased with his own blood. All right? First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 to 19 says, we've not been purchased or bought or redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of the Lamb. The price will not be paid. The price, come on now, somebody has been paid it has been paid so when he says pay your debts oh thank god the debt has been paid i said thank god the debt has been paid so any creditor that is coming and say my grandfather great-grandfather whoever they are have signed a contract and they want to demand i have an they're telling me i have an obligation i don't have an obligation the price has been paid and he said, I have an obligation to serve them with sickness, obligation to serve them with poverty, obligation to serve them with failure. Satan, you're a liar. The price has been paid for me. 2,000 years ago, Jesus tendered the price that cannot be refused. He paid the price for me. You have to know that. You have to know that. You know it that you know it. It says, 1 Corinthians 7, 23. You are bought with a price. Don't become a slave. In other words, if you are a slave, it's your choice. It's your choice. You're the one choosing to be. The price has been paid. Imagine, Elisha told that woman, 2 Kings 4, verse 7, he said, go and sell it and pay your debts. Then he now said something next. He said, live on the rest. So Elisha expected to, the next time he sees them to be living, not to be in slavery. To be living, to be living on the rest, not to be in slavery. So the, Elisha has done his own part. But Elisha has done his own part that the woman is not the one to take the proceeds of that miracle and apply it to the creditor. So, which is what we're going to do this morning. We're going to tell the enemy the price has been paid. Satan, I owe you nothing. Satan, I owe you nothing. You and your demons, I owe you nothing. Come on, son. somebody say that with me now. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, it looks to me that I'm the only one in summer. It looks like most of you are in winter. What is going on with somebody here? Come on now, somebody. Tell the enemy you owe him nothing. Satan, I owe you nothing. I owe you nothing. You foul demons, I owe you nothing. I owe you nothing. The price has been paid for me. I will not pay with sickness. I will not pay with poverty. I will not pay with failure. I will not pay with shame. The price has been paid. Somebody shout, the price has been paid. I love it. You're bought at the price. Glorify God in your body and your spirit, which now belongs to God. Ah, kuzantani alu sheke pragula santa derekizia. Runama blessi atakure nele boshkia baya. Jarekeleu. Number two. How do I activate it? Number two. He says, you have to know. You must know again that as a believer, listen. Not as a pastor, bishop, um, you know, primate and all of that. Believer, believer, every believer, you, you, yes, I'm talking to you, you right there. Every believer, you have the authority of Christ to enforce your own victory. As a believer, you have the authority. Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Mark chapter 16, verse 17. In Luke 10:19, he says, Jesus is speaking, he said, I give you the authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions, witches and wizards, occultic people, Freemason, Rosicrucian, everything, and over all, 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 all the power of the enemy. Excuse me, nothing shall by enemies hurt you because this power is surpassing power. This power I'm giving you is surpassing power. This authority is overruling authority. Nothing shall by enemies hurt you. Nothing will hurt me. Nothing will hurt my wife. Nothing will hurt my children. I thought somebody was making the same confession. Nothing will hurt me. Nothing will hurt me. Nothing. Please, I have a question for you. How many things are permitted to hurt you? For people out there, I have a question for you. How many things are permitted to hurt you? He said, I give you authority, I take the authority. He said, I give you authority, I take the authority. He said, I give you authority, I take that authority. Come on, I said, I give you authority. Come on, somebody, I take the authority. One more time, I give you authority, I take the authority. Now, listen to this now. In the TPD translation, I love what it says. It said, now you understand I have imparted to you my authority. Jesus is speaking. To trample over his kingdom. That's the kingdom of darkness. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. He said, my authority. The demons saw Jesus, they ran away. They said, have you come to torment us? Mark 5, 7. Have you come to torment us? Jesus said, that's the same thing I'm giving you. I'm giving you that authority. I'm giving you that, said, I've given you my own authority. I'm giving you the authority. Oh, Jesus, I take that authority. Come on, lift up your hands for one minute. I take that authority. Come on, I take the authority today. I take the authority. Come on. 30 seconds, I take the authority. I received that impartation this morning. Hey, sukakakakaka. I received that impartation this morning. I take the authority. Take it, take it. 
Take the authority for 30 seconds. Come on. Le kuzapa indekele tomo brazwa indekele brazuna ma payaka iya grasa kutama le grente komodiasu allegede me porua. Somebody take it. Somebody take the authority. Somebody take the impartation. Receive the impartation. I receive the fresh impartation of the very authority of Jesus now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. How do I activate it? Know that the price has been paid. Know that you have the authority. Please say with me, this is not pride. This is confidence in scripture. Say with me, I have the authority. Oh my God, my God, say it, say it like you will. I have the authority. Oh, say it again. I have the authority. Make sure you're opening your mouth. Say it again. I have the authority. Somebody shout, I have the authority. Declare it, I have the authority. Let the realm of the spirit hear you. I have the authority. Let demons hear you. I have the authority. Let angels hear you. I have the authority. Let your situation hear you. I have the authority. I have the authority. I'm not saying I'm going to have the authority, you devils. I have it. I have the authority. I'm carrying the authority. My brother said it the other day, Apostle Peter. He said, such as I have, I have the authority. Do you have the authority? 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 I have the authority. Shout with me, I have the authority. What is the final thing we're going to do? We're going to apply this knowledge in prayer. We're going to apply it in prayer. Philippians 1.19, Acts chapter 12, verse 3 to 11. When they see Peter, verse 5 says, constant prayer. That's how they did it. Prayer. So I'm going to lead in prayer today. But friends, listen, it doesn't end here. Get back home. Even tonight. This whole week. If you go back home, you have a dream, or you see a manifestation, don't say, oh, well, I thought I prayed in church. Wake up! And say to yourself, Satan, you're a liar. I, what part of this thing don't you understand? Can't you spell the word price? I said the price has been paid. What a joker you are. By the grace of God, some years ago, I went to the store, you know, and I saw a car I liked, and I bought the car and I paid. I drive by the store now all the time, by the showroom. They can't come out and tell me that I did not pay. They can say, oh, this car used to be in our showroom. Yeah, it used to be in your showroom. I like what you said. You said, used to be. I used to be in poverty. I used to be in failure. I used to be in sickness. I used to be in shame. I'm no longer there because the price has been. If they have new staff in that place now, and the new staff has, didn't know me, it wasn't there when I paid the price. And it's like, excuse me, sorry, I look at uh, I look at the engine number. It looks like this is one from our showroom. I have to now educate the new staff. So educate the demons that is trying to bring harassment. Tell those demons, the price has been paid. The price has been paid. The price has been paid. Come on, educate them. The price has been paid. I'm telling you, it is written, the price has been paid. I've been bought with the price. Somebody, the price. 
all throughout the week. Make sure. Constant prayer. So this morning, I want to say to somebody here, it is time to take a stand against the enemy. Don't run away. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God has not given you the spirit of fear. There is nothing to fear. Satan is the one that should be afraid of you. Satan should be afraid of you. Witches should be afraid of you. Wizards should be afraid of you. Where is that Freemason man? He should be trembling before you. Zuman Patalayana. It is time to take a stand. I take my stand today. I said I take my stand today. I don't know about you. What about you? I take my stand today. I said, what about you? I take my stand today. I can't hear you. I take my stand today. I need four people that want to take their stand as I'm taking my stand. Jam that one foot right now, just one foot on the floor and shout with me. I take my stand today. This is the end of the message. We are sure that you have been blessed. For more information, please visit our website at www.houseofpraise.ca. God bless you.